When you work in the glove department at Neiman's, you are selling things that nobody buys anymore. These gloves aren't like the hard-working ones sold by L.L. Bean. These are so fine that a lady wearing them can still pick up a straight pen. The glove department is adjacent to the couture department and is really there for show. So, a lot of Mirabelle's day is spent leaning against the glass case with one leg cocked behind her and her arms splayed outward, resting on her palms against the countertop. On an especially slow day, she might lean over the case on her elbows, although this position is definitely not preferred by the management, and stare through the glass at the leather and silk gloves that lie on display like pristine, just-caught fish. The overhead lights reflect in the glass countertop and mingle with the gray and black of the gloves, resulting in a mother-of-pearl swirl that sometimes sends Mirabelle into a shallow, hypnotic dream. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Ben Blackberg. And I'm your other host, Ben LeBate. And tonight, we're talking about the first page of Shop Girl by Steve Martin, published in 2000. And our guest tonight is Diana Lorraine. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Diana, you've told us that you know that this book exists. I do. Uh, Ben, were you aware that Steve Martin wrote a novel? Uh, I uh, am aware that he wrote it. Uh, I've never read it. And uh, I think in high school, I was incensed to find that he he wrote a play about uh, Einstein and Picasso meeting at a bar. Mm, That I have Mm -hmm. also read. Yes. Yes. Same. I've I've not read it. I was just incensed by it because I was working on a play of with very similar themes, except that, <laughs> except uh, it was a bar in heaven and everyone was dead. Uh, mm. uh, but yes, I never finished that, that play. So that might actually be how that play plays out, <laughs> if I remember. But it's been a while. Well, let, well, we won't spoil anything for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, you you two have read this book or novella? Yes, I have. I was working at Borders in the early 2000s. And, so was I. And I just like, I spotted this on the shelf and I was like, how can this be a thing? I have to buy this mm-hmm. thing and figure out what's going on here. I I read this before I worked at Borders, but it was definitely a book that I ended up recommending to people when I worked at Borders, mm-hmm. um, which was also in the early 2000s. Because, yeah, I saw it and I was like, Steve Martin, what? Is it the same Steve Martin? Because it's a pretty generic name. It's like, sure enough. Yeah. And I did exactly what this podcast is doing. I read the first page. I do that with all the books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, let me read the first page. Am I interested? Yes, I am. Let's keep going. Yep. So would either of you say that you were big fans of Steve Martin before? Yeah, I would say so. Oh, oh, oh yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a staple of my childhood. My brother and I could probably act out that entire film. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. When when I was still up at Bard, probably after I dropped out, but when I was still living there, our, our household, uh, which Ben knows, but uh, there was a really great video store because this was, again, early enough where we still had video stores. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we went through a, a habit of renting 
one Steve Martin movie and one like Pokemon tape and one third thing every week. Sure. Um, and yeah, that was a great indoctrination. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. And I, this was just uh, shocking to be like, oh, he, I know, I know he's a performance genius, but I didn't know that he could write as well. And so that was shocking. And then this got me to his play, mm-hmm. which didn't seem as big of a leap there, but it was like, oh, okay. All right. This is interesting. And then I found out they made a movie out of it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I actually still have not seen the movie because it like, I totally missed it when it came out. Didn't even know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I keep coming across mentions and I'm like, oh, right. That did become a movie mm-hmm. and I should probably watch it. Although I know, like, I know nothing about the reception of it. It was a really small film because it's a really small book, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's got Claire Danes and Jason Schwartzman in it along with him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, not a lot of people saw it and I, I don't remember anybody saying anything bad about it. Just like, eh. Mm. Uh, let's see. It was made in 2005. Mm-hmm. Made 11, 11 million dollars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I remember seeing it. I'm actually, I don't remember. It's funny. Yeah. Like I remember seeing it. I don't remember anything uh around my seeing it like what year or where i was Mm -hmm. like honestly mostly what i remember is that steve martin plays like a rich person who Mm -hmm. starts dating the claire danes shop girl character Mm. Uh, yeah and at one point he goes over to her house and she offers him wine and he takes a sip and like i think he spits it back into his glass like when she's not looking like it's very it's almost Mm -hmm. like a broad comic moment in this uh otherwise sort of sad yeah uh, realistic world mm-hmm. but uh i enjoyed it uh so yes i'm i, I think i'm aware of what happens uh in the book mm-hmm. and this first page definitely seems like the first page of that movie if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah this like the thing i remember because i remember pretty much nothing about this uh but it does sort of almost have that feel of a treatment for a film mm-hmm. like you could tell that he had he had the idea of making a film in mind when he wrote this i think mm-hmm yeah, uh, almost like it's a, a treatment mm-hmm. uh, because that's the thing I noticed about when I did when I did watch the film was I was like, oh, this is exactly what is written on this exact page. Uh, but that's also what I really liked about the writing because it was descriptive enough to fill in all those gaps without being too much because sometimes it's too much. It's like, OK. I don't need all these adjectives because they're you're running out of commas. Mm. Like there's just there's too many. And I say that as a comma abuser. But it was it was just enough to be like, oh, you're giving me all the vibes of where this girl is and what she's doing. Uh, and and that was lovely. Yeah. In terms of writing, he has a very clean style while still being like very voicey and sort of editorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if like speaking of voice, like. I wonder if I didn't know this was Steve Martin. Like mm-hmm. when I read this, I can just hear his voice in my head. Yeah. Sure. And like, sure. I was just going to bring that up. Like, like there's a yeah. moment of like, like there was, you know, trying to remember the movie. Like, did he do like, like he didn't do voiceover. narration like, of this. Is this the father, this... the father of the bride? <laughs> he's doing the voiceover. Like, yeah. This is his know. exact narration like, voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, I just, I just wonder if someone passed me this without the cover. Would I have known that this was Steve Martin? Just, mm-hmm. There's something about, well, speaking of covers, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. So I guess, actually, this is a question. Uh, so, Diana, you said 
uh, you're a big Steve Martin fan. Mm-hmm. Somehow you you heard about this. Yeah. And you're like, is this the same? You know, so you picked it up. Yes. But uh, presumably by the time you read the first page, you also had checked the back and like read the biography and like yes. put it together. <laughs> yes. Because um, it's always interesting. You know, I, I, I'm always interested to think about like the little bits of information we bring to a book, like before we even start reading it. Mm-hmm. So and I guess I mean, Steve Martin, like I mean, when I think of Steve Martin, I think of comedy. Of course. And like, was that where you guys were when you picked this book up? Or did that cover tell you like, maybe this isn't a laugh ride? The cover doesn't give away much. Mm. I mean, between the cover and that title, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, and and yes, I did come to it with thinking, okay, Steve Martin, it's comedy, but this is definitely not going to be a hilarious book. Um, and then, you know, when you read that first page, it also doesn't think like, oh, he's trying to cap. He's trying to get me in with a joke. He's not trying to do that. So this is going to be something different. And that was interesting. I liked that. My my favorite Steve Martin is L.A. Story. Mm. And that has some of the like, like it's obviously still a full blown comedy, mm-hmm. but it has uh, a lot of those sort of overtones still like it has its quiet moments sure um it has its like occasional powerful moments so like it's like oh is he is he really gonna like play straight for that angle um and do something a little quieter yeah and in my memory la story is also sort of very observational uh in its humor like things are pushed like yeah like there's a part where they're they're driving and they're like wait what day is it it's like the first like oh no like get your gun or something because like yeah. people are wild on the freeway or something yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah like there's something about that that kind of you know is a pushed reality but like seems kind of related to this first line of like like oh like when you work in the glove department at neiman's mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a study of a space true and then um just for me just instantly picking neiman's well, that's a touchstone here. I'm I'm from Dallas. Well, Newman's was started here in Dallas. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, okay. That's just like, okay. He's very particular about his language. So I just, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's a novella. It's very short, but I don't think that's a, it's almost like you're like, um, you're being, uh, snide about calling it a novella and like oh it's a short it's not a big novel it's it's he didn't write a full thing he's like no no he that's all it needed to be Mm -hmm. to tell this story it's complete and it's like oh yeah because he was he was really good with he chose his words wisely and i i really loved that yeah yeah since we're into it let's let's do our first line read so we start out when you work in the glove department at neiman's are selling things that nobody buys anymore which is a strong first line i think absolutely Mm -hmm. um and like it's not a comic first line but it does have that sense of sort of sardonic judgment almost oh sure yeah okay you're at newman's like this is a fancy place it's like you only shop here to buy expensive things there is nothing being sold in a Neiman's that anybody needs. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the world needs anything from a Neiman's. No one. Mm. So if you work there, you are selling 
luxury crap. Yeah. And even less so the gloves because no one wears gloves like that anymore. Nobody wears gloves. And then he go on to your next statement. He expands on that thought. Yeah. Like just in case you thought these we were talking about like snow gloves. Mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> Something that I didn't think about until you just said it, but like thinking about his word choice. Mm-hmm. Like this is also depending on when this show airs, uh, maybe in five years when hmm. we're, sure. we're fighting some alien war. Uh, and th- this, in that case, this statement will no longer apply. But this is, uh, I think, really our first work of realist fiction, uh, probably. Probably on this show so far, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. No, knowing us in the library that we, we're, we're, we're pulling from so far. Um, but like, it, and he really like, like, he, he gets away with a lot because we live in this world with this person, but mm-hmm. the, the things that he chooses to focus on, because of course, like you could start a book saying like Mirab- Mirabelle spent her day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not really doing anything, but he doesn't start that way. He starts with like, let's look at the gloves. Let's look at like the society in, in mm-hmm. a way like, like mm-hmm. it, it really like the first line really does capture something that I like, which is like a certain element of discomfort, like, mm-hmm. It's not just that no one needs what's in Neiman's. It's literally no one is buying what she is selling, which is like really raises questions about like what her use or role is in this society, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I feel like is the book or is, is what this novella is going to be about, like what, what her role well, is. Not only that, but in this story, mm-hmm. but I also like uh, he started with the shop, not the girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like. <laughs> Neiman's is such a particular thing and specifically mm-hmm. calling it Neiman's and not Neiman Marcus. Like, Exa- oh yeah. Oh, that's a niche thing. Yeah. He's telling you something that unlike, you know, I'm not Texas, not from up in New England. So to me, this like instantly is like a very specific class of New Yorker in uh, this space. A, or, or just person. Mm-hmm. If you're calling it Neiman's, that is the place you go to buy your fine goods. Like yeah. someone who's like, I'm going to, but now because Neiman's is not as big anymore, but sometimes I'm going to Bergdorf's mm. or a Barney's. Like, oh, I'm going to Neiman's. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you mean business. You're also not immediately associating it with young people in particular, mm-hmm. or like if you are, they are young people of, of a class so detached from reality that mm-hmm. like, mm. Like presenting us with just Neiman's in this first line mm-hmm. tells you a lot about the sort of milieu of people that our main character is swimming in. Hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry, slight tangent. Do do you all watch uh, uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel? Yes. Well, I was just thinking about like her character who uh, who works at right the Altman right, which like uh, after living a life where she was probably shopping there, right? There's like, yes. there's that, that that slide in her 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 social status and class. Mm-hmm. A bit. Um, but here, of course, we don't have that. We just have sure. this person. Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about, I, I was just picturing that. Uh, I was also thinking, sorry, when, when you mentioned like Neiman's uh, and how it is not maybe what it once was. Oh, sure. I was thinking about all of the like uh, markers of fanciness of my youth. And now you can like just, you know, order locks from Zabar's online. Mm. Just like, I don't know. It used to be something, but mm. yeah. Uh, sick transit Gloria Mundi, I guess. Um, 
But uh, yeah, also, sorry, I, 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 before I forget, I just want to make sure I get this. Uh, the gloves at L.L. Bean, which is also like a very specific choice, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, uh, he doesn't just say like the thick gloves or the warm gloves. Like it's the hardworking gloves. And it's just like, ah, oh, that's a great, like, especially in the contrast to the first sentence. Yeah. Like you said, like the sentence, the second sentence expands on this whole idea that gloves are not really providing any service uh, to the world. And he really drives that home with the hardworking mm-hmm. gloves as comparison. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the thing that a lady can pick up while wearing them is a straight pin. Yeah. Yeah. So these these gloves are purely decorative. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Not to spoil this. 21 year old book uh gosh yes if this book were a person it could be working at uh, neiman's selling <laughs> gloves but um having just read and talked about this <laughs> just these first two or three sentences um uh i would guess that the book uh asks some questions about like whether whether mirabelle is just going to be decorative in someone else's life or whether she's going to find some uh internal uh I don't know, not not validation, but like direction or purpose. Some purposiveness. Purpose, just purpose. Let's just say purpose, yes. Some some purpose in her life. Like, is that is, is that your memory of the book? It is a theme, I would believe. <laughs> mm. it, it has been almost 20 mm-hmm. years since I've read it. I've, yeah. Yeah, I have not read it since the early 2000s. Um but that is my recollection that 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 was an ongoing theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think finding a a direction or place in the world is mm-hmm. is part of it. Um, partly because it develops into a like you know dual romance between the older wealthy man and the younger uh, also wealthy man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. There's there's a, a a love choice happening there. Also, uh, back to the gloves, I absolutely love the phrase where he refers to them as uh, lying on display like pristine just caught fish. Mm-hmm. Like that's very, I mean, A, it's it's a great contrast because there's nothing like organic on this page, really. Like mm-hmm. it's an image from another class and space. Well, it's it's that. It, it's a nice little kind of callback to the utilitarian L.L. Bean aspect, but also like this is how lifeless this place this is. Mm-hmm. It like it's beautiful stuff, but there it's lifeless. Yep, it's useless. Um, and also, and I think it also helps give that feeling that when he continues on with the you know the overhead lights and it mingles and it's world and it becomes hypnotic. He's like, this place is boring. <laughs> like it's boring. It's filled with this gorgeous stuff. It's like hmm. this is gonna get old. It's gonna get old real fast. Yeah. Like everything is display, but nothing is actual commerce. Correct. Hmm. That's so interesting. The like, it's funny. The the just caught fish line. Mm-hmm. When I first read that, I thought of like, I mean, you, when you know, like, when you go into a fish store or the mm-hmm. the fish counter of a store with you know, presumably fresh fish. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how you. Well, you hope it's fresh. Yeah. Uh, like you know when you're near the fish area because it smells, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. And so, like, even even pristine just-caught fish made me feel like, like, oh, there's... Like, if he had said, silk gloves lie on display, like, 
glittering diamonds or something. Like you would have mm-hmm. that sense of like, oh, like, well, I mean, like but they sparkle, yeah, like they're they're, they're luminescent, they're, they're pretty, but like diamonds last, right? Whereas like fish yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. And like comparing something that is going to be rapidly rotting to mm-hmm. these uh, silk gloves that like never change because no one is buying them. Yep, just made me wonder about that. Like, like there, it does feel like it's it's not just like useless. But it, it feels like there's something decaying here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I guess that that could be also my 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 days working uh, in mm. a shop talking that have j- just come back to me very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's also like it kind of inherently draws a parallel to Mirabelle herself, mm-hmm. like as a person whose life is currently spent behind this counter, not doing anything, but also not able to do anything, and like you have the sort of sense that her timer is counting too. Mm. Like, because there's that sense of directionlessness, there's a chance that she could just get stuck here in, as he says, a shallow hypnotic dream for a large chunk of her life. (laughs) But again, that may be my retail experience. I was going to say, I want to make, I want to make something of that, that the swirl is a mother of pearl. Mm hmm. Uh, besides, besides the, uh, what, oh gosh, what is that? There, there's a specific word for like things that don't rhyme, but slant rhyme. Oh, well, no. I mean, I guess pearl and swirl do rhyme. Never yeah. mind. It's a rhyme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's my like, oh, I want to write a paper about like the ocean. In yeah. This, but I, I don't, I don't, yeah. don't have enough yet. Yeah. It's the second, it's the second ocean image there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sorry, getting back to something and I can't remember who said it. But there's something about like the display of this of the the gloves mm-hmm. and like I, I think Vin, you were saying like like her time is ticking down. Maybe mm. there's something about like that just that one little aside about like uh, sometimes she stands like this, sometimes she stands like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, management doesn't or the, you know th- this position is definitely not preferred by the management. Where it's like yeah, I mean in a way she's on display also, right? She's she's part of the like, yeah, she is not for sale. Absolutely. But, yeah, uh, but she is. Yes. <laughs> She's a part of the display. Yeah, yeah. Especially, Absolutely. especially given the sort of like, again, the cultural milieu that Neiman's puts us in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a young woman in search of a husband, like inherently in that space. Mm-hmm. Well, even today, uh, if you go into one of those higher end places you can look at the salespeople and know that is a very strict part of working there. Mm. It just is. And you know it, whether it be cars or furniture, it's a part of the deal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it, but it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that always goes back to like, like the first time uh, I learned about like uh, emotional labor. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> this person is smiling at you. Like they're not your friend. Like this is how they live their lives. They're here to extract money out of you. Uh, Oh yeah. I did a lot of emotional labor at that bookstore. Let me tell uh you. (laughs) I love that job. I will say that working at the bookstore is my best job I've ever had, even though I weighed the least amount of money ever. It was my favorite job I've ever had. (laughs) I'm just imagining like, like you see someone else coming in, uh, and like slip them this book. It's like, okay, like 
maybe maybe you need to think about your life uh, in these terms of like finding direction. Mm. Yeah, uh, I can honestly say there were some moments like that. Huh. <laughs> Although, uh, uh, hmm, I don't know. I like this first page. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I do too. And I can I can honestly say that this first page made me want to read the rest of the book as opposed to like just who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped me be like, what? But the the page itself made me go, I want to know more. Yeah, we've done a few like a few pages on this show where like there's like an attempt to establish a sense of place that doesn't really click or go anywhere. Mm hmm. And then, like, this is such a good example of the opposite, where, like, establishing this space is so informative about not just tone, but theme and mood. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I mean, even more than that, like, uh, like, like you said, Diana, like, there's something about this novella that, uh, (laughs) again, I guess I'm the only one who hasn't read it, but Mm. like, it feels like you didn't need to add anything to it uh, page wise. Mm hmm. Uh, and as as someone who uh, mostly writes short stories these days, like mm-hmm. I'm always happy when things are not longer uh, <laughs> than they are or should be. But there's not like 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 you said, Vin. It puts you in the place, but like also like we learn so much about Mirabelle, mm-hmm. and also again like I I keep like to to me like this feels very uh, this is gonna be a very silly word, but like uh, theme forward <laughs> first mm-hmm. page. Oh. Like, there's just a lot of, like, things that I'm like, oh, I think this book is going to be about this. But, like, mm-hmm. even her, like... That's okay, though. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, it's just funny because, you know, people talk about, like, you know, plot first or character first. And it's like... Sure. This feels very theme first in a way. Uh, it really depends on what your goal is. And I think, um, especially with all of the uh, TV where we've been getting, it's very, like, let's go slow or let's give you this piece of this character and this piece of the character. And it's like... If you only need four episodes or if you only need this short book to tell a complete story, which may not give you every single thing that you might want, but it gives you every single thing that you need, mm-hmm. you've done the the creator writer um, has done their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's OK. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I was just. I was just thinking about like, uh, so well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure we've all had jobs uh, where yes. we were not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure we all we all breathe air. Mm. Uh, uh, Mostly, I would be great to be like, like someone would reveal. It's like actually, I've like I've never had a job. I, you know, come from from money, and I, I shop at Neiman's for my debutante material, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I feel like I've known at least one person who <laughs> probably fits into that category. But mm. uh, there's something about like, you know, those jobs that are not very interesting and like depending on the type of job it is, like maybe you can get away with like reading a book mm-hmm. on the job mm. or, sure. you know, doing your own thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas like Mirabelle's own thing is like sometimes going into a shallow hypnotic dream. Yeah. You know? Like she's that's the best she can do. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm afraid I don't have anything really else to say about this page. I liked it. You hmm. know, it really, really packs a lot in there. Uh, and I think talking about it really uh, unpacks for me all the stuff that was in there that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever. But like 
I guess maybe this is the promise of the podcast, Vin, that like sometimes <laughs> when you when you slow down, I love this, like like 10 episodes in, I'm like, hey, Vin, this is not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like when you slow down uh, in your your reading and just like concentrate on what you have in front of you, sometimes mm-hmm. it can open up in uh, unexpected or it can just open up, let's say. Yeah. Take a very zoomed in approach. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh man! Did sorry. Did did either of you read Steve Martin's uh, his uh, biography, autobiography, or memoir? Born uh, standing up. Yeah. Yes. I have not. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I I I just personally love um, people's personal memoirs, especially um, artistic people. Mm-hmm. I like I like knowing about their process, and he had such a unusual one because he did it and then he never did it again and so he's never talked about it so for him to talk about it was just wild and just uh very thought-provoking and um actually it's it's kind of funny you bring that up i thought a lot about that the way i'm now currently thinking about bo burnham's inside Hmm. very it's very like self-reflective and just like What's ha- what happened to me during that time? It was, I was very good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't I haven't actually seen uh, Bo Burnham's uh, Inside. It's on my to do list. Uh, which by the time this comes out in five years, mm. uh, I, I will have done that, or we'll soon be doing <laughs> it after after we defeat the alien invasion. Uh, mm. Yeah, pre- sure. Previously mentioned, as um, we do. Yes, but yeah, it's funny. I'm just thinking about like my my recollection of the bat of that of that book. Um, mm-hmm. There, there are two things. One is that, like, uh, uh, he he he's uh, an unhappy, depressive man, <laughs> uh, or, I mean, something in that vein. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that. That's what I seem to remember. Uh, and then the other thing is that, like, he he talks about discovering comedy mm-hmm. uh, at like uh, Knott's Berry Farm, I think, mm-hmm. or or it's something. It's something where like he he goes and he like absorbs all this comedy, and then he goes and talks to someone else. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's like 30 years old. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like those jokes. Uh, and it, it's just very funny because I was reading uh, Frankenstein, I think, at the same time. And Dr. Frankenstein has like the same arc of like, mm. he like gets really into natural philosophy. And then people are like, what are you talking about? Like, stop reading those Greeks. Like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not current anymore. Uh, yeah. And I just, I always enjoy that uh, parallel that has uh, no benefit to knowing. But um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess I, I I was just thinking about how how his how how what I knew about him in in the two thousands that he's like a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had, uh, or I guess I did. I like came to this book after reading his memoir, where it's like his funniness. Like it doesn't. It's not like it. It's not like the cl- crying clown uh, cliche. But like, no. he's very he's very serious about his work, right? Mm. I think that's fair to say yes and like comparing that to someone who is like working at a shop but whose dream is obviously not to work at a shop mm-hmm. is just an interesting like i don't know what do i want to say uh he's drawing a portrait of someone who seems lost in a way that i don't know that he was ever lost but uh mm. I, I don't i, I don't want to say that like maybe this book shows that he was lost in some mm. ways but like it seems like he connects in some way. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I'm running t- on to let's, let's cut this all out, Vin. <laughs> we cut nothing. Um, it's interesting because like he clearly has like a good feel for 
who Mirabelle is as a person and like mm-hmm. the fact that she's in this place in a sort of stuck state. But also like, particularly if you keep the movie in mind, there's like another character in this book who is very clearly like part him. Yes. Because it's it's a role that he's going to step into. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and one that he steps into fairly often of the older guy in the somewhat awkward relationship. Yeah. <laughs> just older and awkward gentleman. Yeah. Yes, that's him. I think well, that's just him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been older since he was 20. Yeah. But okay, but the thing, great thing about going having your hair go white like that is that he hasn't aged for forty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my whole life, he's just been the same age. Yep. You think uh, him and Paul Rudd have like a secret <laughs> clubhouse where they go? <sighs> I oh. had to mention Paul Rudd. He has been my number one since nineteen ninety four when he showed up in Clueless. <laughs> oh, have they ever done anything together? I feel like that'd be great. <sighs> don't think i'm gonna think through that now don't think so but it should happen it would make me so happy Mm. he has a new movie coming out on like hulu in like a month yeah uh, it's a tv show oh is it him and mark yeah it's a little series oh with uh uh what's her face yeah i forgot your name like three times already yeah, they they're detectives. They're mm-hmm. they live in a building. Yeah, it's but it's looks very funny. I'm I'm here for it. Him, Martin Short, yes, just Martin Short on his own. I'm mm-hmm. here for, but also Steve Martin, yes, thank you. This is just a Steve Martin uh, love love a thon. Mm-hmm. This is now a Steve Martin podcast. Yeah, we just switch to banjo now. I'm, I'm not mad. Yeah. I won't be mad. <laughs> oh no, we made it southern. <laughs> it's like a, a, a dear listener uh when this comes sorry. out in five years you you might not get that reference mm. uh, sorry yeah every you'll, you'll you'll just have to live with the mystery i think i've guessed it on a couple of day in this podcast and every time the topic is something is southern something southern and i am not southern in any way it's not my fault i think it works out it worked out great mm-hmm. it's not my fault <laughs> Uh, did anyone have any final thoughts about this first page? I'm very pro this page. So if you're waffling, you should go read the book. Yes, I agree. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Diana, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Modcaster, M-A-U-D-C-A-S-T-E-R. Um, you can find my podcast. I am the co-GM, co-creator of Christmas Tide Ohio, which is a Kids on Bikes actual play podcast that takes place in the fictional Christmas-themed town of Christmas Tide, Ohio. I'm also the co-host of Powered by the Players, a Powered by the Apocalypse actual play podcast. And I am also the co-host of Macintosh and Mod, which is a podcast where we talk about My Little Ponies, movies, and Riverdale. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg, and you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at TheChimera.space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knight's Reads on Twitter 
or visit darknightsreads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week.